This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Let us pray. Lift up your voice. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the privilege of having to hear your word. Thank you that we are delivered because of you from every evil that is set against our lives. Under your watch, no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. As we go and come in this season, you shall keep us safe. You shall order our steps. By your presence and by your power, we shall escape every snare of the foul. And by you alone, our hearts shall draw closer to you. Even as we celebrate this season, we remember how much you loved us and gave your only begotten son that through him we might be free by paying the ransom for our sins. Today we stand as your children and we ask, Lord, by your spirit, show us the way. By your spirit, impart to us obedience that we may follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Good, thank you. You know, the way we do the Christmas in South Africa, even if you don't want to Christmas, you Christmas. If it's the right way to speak, the way we do the Christmas, I mean, key December, we make you feel that, I mean, no matter what you do. And you know, I realized that without you realizing it, 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 no matter what you do, before you realize you are, you are part of it. Because all of a sudden, it's like I'm taking my foot off the pedal and it's like, oh, let's December pass. And it's unlike me. Because every month is one of the days God has given to us. So how can you, because it's December to you, but it's not December to God. Do you get it? It's, it's not December to God in all truthfulness. But I guess under the influence of the environment, there's nothing you can do. Do you get it? But in Ethiopia, for example, life is normal. I mean, life is normal. Life is normal. There's nothing like December. It's going on like any other month. And even, even in other places, in most Africa, December does not shut down like the way it does in South Africa. Because in, in, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in all these places, they go all the way till 24th. It's like people begin to slow down a little bit on 24th. By 27, 28, life is almost back to normal. 
And then you have the first. And then second, third, life is. With us, you can feel the middle of, I think the 16th. The problem is the 16th. Do you get it? And I think that if the government wants the country to be more productive, they should shift the 16th closer to the 20-something. The, the, the Come again. So they can change it. They made it. It was when the country was born, 16 was not a public holiday. They decided. They decided. I mean, before 94, 16 was not a holiday. Yes, do you get it? So they could rearrange and so that everything comes together because it robs the country of finances. And sometimes we don't understand why we are getting poorer. But anyway, I'm just only talking about it because it's affecting the work of God. <laughs> That's the only, it's not, it's not about the economy, it's about the work of God. Because, because December, before you realize, even your workers are gone. But we thank God, we still shall prevail. But thank God for technology, we will continue to preach. And you can always join in online to receive the word of God. Amen. You can join in online to receive the word of God. So don't have a mind that because I'm home, I won't join in online. No, make every effort for two hours Join in online, be part of the service, and receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Amen. Well, it's nice to be home. You know? But as, as I was standing there, I kept on wondering, how is God able to do it? Why is the father of everybody? Because, I mean, running more than one home is not easy. It's not easy at all. Running more than one home is not easy. I mean, these few weeks that I've been moving around between Randberg and here and then occasionally visit uh, 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 somewhere else. It's not been easy. And it's like, when you come here, you feel, I should have been here more. And then when you go there, you feel, I should have been here more. I, I now understand why God did only Eve for Adam. <laughs> you know, it's not easy. It's not easy. I think, let's stay with one. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, sometimes when you are having problems with one, you feel if there were many, it will work. But you discover that the many also comes with its problems. Amen. So, well, this morning I want to continue briefly on the subject of God's love that I'm talking about. And you know, the scripture that Reverend Isaac read is actually a very appropriate scripture. You see, the recognition that, the recognition that you are a stranger where you are allows you to receive 
help that is prepared for you. You see, if you don't accept the truth, which is, I'm a stranger where I am, many wrong things will happen to you. The knowledge that you are a stranger makes you conscious of every step you want to take. And what happens is that you then begin to confer with others who seem to know the place, whether this step I want to take is a good step. So, for example, if I accept that I'm a stranger in, let's say, any particular location, if I want to go to the garage to withdraw some money, and I know of somebody who actually is familiar with the place, the first thing I'll ask the person, is it safe to go to the garage to withdraw or to go to the ATM to withdraw money at this time? And they will tell you no. Or, oh yes, you can go. I mean, somebody said in Nigeria that a preacher, he says he doesn't know what will make him go out after 7 p.m. in Nigeria. But if you are coming from, let's say you, you were born in Dubai or United Arab Emirates as a whole, I mean, the life starts actually in the night because, because in the day, the heat is wild. So their shops close at 10 p.m. So it's like people start going on around 6, 7. So, but meanwhile, you think, oh, I can walk around. It's only 7 o'clock. But here, 7 o'clock, you may go never to come back again. It's not your things. You may not come back. So what it is, is that not recognizing or rejecting the fact that you are a stranger makes you prone to dangers. Are you with me? So you see, the wisdom of David is the recognition and the acceptance that I am a stranger, therefore I need help. And he says, therefore, because I'm a stranger here on earth, guide me by thy commandments. In other words, your commandments means a lot to me. Now, many of us are being guided by commandments. Oh, yes. Whatever David asked, we didn't have to ask for it. God actually has given it to us in many ways and in many forms. But you see, asking for commandments is not enough. Or having commandments is not enough when it is not obeyed. Because you can ask for somebody's opinion. That is it okay to go here at this time? Or is it okay to do this at this time? And the person says, no, it's not okay. And but you say, ah, how, why? Then you go out to do it. So you ask, but you didn't obey the instruction that was given to you. And therefore, the commandment becomes of non-effect. Now, remember this, that God, who loves us 
and knows what will make us do the things we need to do. Listen carefully. This is a message. God who loves us and knows what will make us do the things that will be good to us decided to use the most powerful force that there is and that is the force of love. Now, when a person is able to recognize and to feel and experience a person's love, they find it very easy to obey. There's nothing anybody will not do when they are convinced beyond doubt that you love them. They will do anything. So, you see, God in his wisdom sets us on a path that will make us keep his commandments, knowing very well that we are strangers here on earth. That's very important. It's very important. God in his wisdom knows that we are strangers here on earth. And he knows that we must be guided by his instruction. And the guidance by his instruction is only useful when we obey. And therefore, he released the most powerful force to make us obey, which is loving us. And loving us unconditionally. And loving us without any limitation. So that's what I've been trying to explain all this while that, you know, God loves us when we were sinners. God loves us when we were his enemies. God, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to work your mind to begin to see the magnitude of how much God loves you. The response from you would then be to love him back and obey him. It is because we have not a revelation of God's love. That is why we struggle with obedience of his instruction. That is why we listen to Satan when he tells us that God wants to sit on our happiness. That is why we can consider Satan's suggestions. You see, Adam and Eve did not recognize how much God loved them. Yes, they did not recognize how much God loved them. That is why when Satan came and said, there's more, there's more that God hasn't given you. They said, let's give it a try. But you see, when you are convinced of a person's love, when somebody comes and says, there's more that has not been given to you, or there's another way that you have not been told, your response will be, if it was good for me, he would have told me. 
Because I have evidence that he loves me so much. I have evidence. I'm convinced of his love. So you see, for, a, for your Christian work to be successful, for your Christian work to be what it ought to be, you must be convinced of God's love for you. And you see, you don't, we, are, we don't get convinced of God's love for us because we don't think about it. Because we don't think about it. And what you don't think about, it doesn't affect you. Mm -hmm. What you don't think about does not affect you. When you start thinking about something, that's when it begins to affect you. Oh, yes. No matter what it is, when you start thinking about it, it begins to affect you. It changes your mood. It even drops your physical energy, depending on what it is. Or it actually does the opposite. It makes you happy and gives you some supernatural energy that is not thought of. Are you getting it? So I want you to, you see, all that I'm doing is try to get you to the point where in your spare moments, in the moments of your quietness, you will begin to think about the love of God for you. That's why some, you see, the songs people write comes out of their thoughtfulness about certain things. That's why somebody says, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why. You see, why, why, would you, why, why would you draw the conclusion that you don't know why Jesus loves you? Unless you have tried to find out what will make Jesus love me. Look, I'm a rebel. I'm this, I'm that. So why does he love me? I, I don't know if you understand what I, uh, You see, so it's like the writer of that song would then die serving the Lord and loving the Lord because he has reflected on why would Jesus love me? What, 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 what about me? But you see, Satan knows it. So he takes our mind off the most important thing. And we just sing it out. Oh, for God so loved the world. Yeah, he so loved the world. He so loved. And then that's, we move on. We don't sit to reflect deeply on it. That why would God love me? What is the evidence of God's love for me? What advantage does he have by paying the price he paid for me? Especially since he has the ability to start all over and do it right. He doesn't have to recover it. I mean, he, I say he doesn't have to recover it. He just wipes the blackboard clean and starts all over. So what will make him rather choose to try to recover it and try to recover it at a more expensive cost? So it's, it's, it's to show us that his love that he has for us, it doesn't fail. And that is what I want us to, in this festive season, to get it, as we think about the birth of Christ. Yeah, I know that you say that Christ was not born in December, but he was born. 
I agree. He may not have been born in December, but at least he was born. I have a question that I always ask. That in the year, whatever it was, was January, January. In other words, who, has, it, has January been always January? I mean, when God started day one, which month was it? Are, are you getting my question? Yeah. I'm just asking. I mean, it's just a thought. I don't need it to be born again. It's just a question. That has, and a lot of the things that we, 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 we talk about, as if it has, it has not always been so. The only, the only reason why it feels like it's always been so is because we don't know what it was. So, listen, I'm trying to get your attention to reflect on God's love for you, not for us, for you. And that would make you be guided by his commandments because you are a stranger on this earth. Hallelujah. Anyway, so this is what, not what I came to preach about, but it's a nice verse to, to. Good. So this morning, I want us to look at what happens or what can happen to, to, to us as God's children. And how that by the love of God, we can be delivered. You see, by the love of God and by our love for God in response, we can be delivered from the unfavorable possibilities or unfavorable possibilities that awaits us. You see, when you have children, you, you are bound to have Generally speaking, two categories of children. Obedient children and disobedient children. Yes. You are bound to have two categories of children. Obedient children or disobedient children. Now, what makes a child disobedient? And what makes another child obedient? I don't know. We are here to find out. But I can tell you that in as much as everybody and their personality. You see, the obedient child recognizes the love and the blessing and the benefit that it is to have a parent. The disobedient child does not recognize that. The disobedient child feels that the presence of a parent is a hindrance to their liberty and to their freedom. So likewise, in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, his children that are reborn through Christ 
you can have obedient children and likewise disobedient. Under the same God and under the same Christ. But may you be an obedient child. Amen. So, so I need us to look at a typical story of the prodigal son. A typical story of the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15. We can start from verse 11. Somebody, okay, somebody read for me. Luke 15, verse 11. Just let's start verse 11 to 24. I want to read everything then. We can. Luke chapter 11. Maybe I can read, we can read together. Sorry, chapter 15. Luke 15, verse 11. The Bible tells us that a certain man, let's, let's read together. I hope you have your Bible and try to have the King James. If you don't have it, we will read it together on the screen. Let's go. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided his live, unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the, swine, that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he had come to himself, he said, How many higher servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy highest servants. And he arose and came to his father. Continue.
Amen. Good. So we see from this parable many things that can happen in the life of a child of a father. And you see, this is what the negative things that can follow is what love of God aims to prevent. Yeah, the love of God for you. If you recognize it. You see, there are many things that God did which we don't, we don't know or which is not visible. But this particular love, it's very visible and expressed it clearly that if you can look, you will see. And that is why Paul prayed, I think, is it Ephesians or so, that you may know the, 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 la, the length, the breadth, the height. Please look for that verse for me. That you may know it because knowing it is everything. Because in your father's house, you are going to come under pressure to rebel, to be disobedient. And you see, sometimes we don't understand why people are disobedient. But you see, there's a voice that constantly tells you that this place is not good for you. That this place is sitting on your happiness. That this place does not seek your interest. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but if, if you've been a Christian for long, you realize that there was a stage where the feeling was like, this Christianity is restricting you. Oh, yes. And one of the lessons I've learned as I have been a pastor for years is that when somebody comes and they say, we are leaving the church, and meanwhile, somebody that has been around for a while, and it's like they, are, they were quite involved and in all of a sudden it comes and they say we are leaving the church. There may be a reason. You see, the official reason. But the real reason, the real reason is that they feel the place is hindering them. There's always, there's always that thing that when you check carefully, you say, ah, but why would you, okay, if you have a problem, let's solve it. Are you saying the problem cannot be solved? Where you are going, do you, do you really believe that there will be no problems there? But there's always that thing that there is underlying strong pool. And you see it when they have the chance to leave. Then you discover that, ah, oh, it's this. It's not that. And you see, when it happens, when in the season when those things are happening, people forget how much they have been loved. Are you with me? I'm, you see, I've always wondered that why would God give us only two simple commandments? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. And Jesus said, the way I have loved you, you need to love others like that. Because you, you realize that when love, the strength of love, the power of love is so strong that the enemy cannot stand it. 
and you're not recognizing it when it is present in your environment. It's the only reason the enemy can take you away. Oh, yes. You're not recognizing it. When it is present, it's the only reason the enemy can take you away. Hallelujah. So when we look at this story of the prodigal son, you see, you are staying, you are in a house where everything is. You are in a house where you are being cared for. But all of a sudden, you decide that, no, this place is restrictive. This place doesn't allow me freedom of expression. But you see, the freedom of expression, that it, it does not allow you. It's for your safety and it's for your well-being. Because in the process of expressing that freedom or, or the freedom to express yourself, Satan would enter and destroy you. I always say this, that the instructions of God to us, when we obey it, it doesn't do anything to God. In other words, if God says, I should not steal. You see, stealing it does not make God's money be a lot. I mean, not stealing does not make God's money a lot. I mean, check carefully. The things God says, no, this one, if you do it this way to destroy, this one, it, it doesn't benefit. It doesn't benefit. I mean, you are the one who doesn't want to stay with one woman and you are sleeping all around. And therefore, you are the one who can stay with any person. Because, you see, because you have been so many places, every place looks different. And Satan just keeps using it to, to make you wander around like a, a balloon. Yes. It, it, how, how does it affect God? Or how does it reduce his, his Godship? If there's any word like that. The things God says we shouldn't do. God says, oh no man anything except love. If you owe man something, how does it affect God? Does it change the sun from rotating? Does it reduce the speed of the earth? Does it, I mean, what, what does it do? You get it? But Satan is constantly always telling you that, no, this is it. This is, this is it. And your protection is the recognition of love. So in our relationship with God, your protection to your constantly being in him and therefore being protected by him is the recognition that he loves you. And he will do for your life what is good for your life in his eyes. Because when it is all said and done, it is him with whom we have to do. So you see, God, being God and loving you, arranges your life according to the true end point, which is him. So he arranges your life to be pleasing to him. But, but you see, Satan being wicked would want you to arrange your life to fall short of what is pleasing to God, knowing that when he does that, you'll be rejected by God. And he, you see, Satan's arrangement of your life 
is to make you the end point. But the truth is you are not the end point. God is the end point. You see, you can say that I'm very happy with my life and I like my life. And when the day of accountability comes, God will say, I reject this life. I don't like this life. That is why Jesus said, careful. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. But you see, is it not men? What is highly esteemed among men? Is it not what Satan makes as the goal of our lives? I said, is it not what Satan makes as the goal of our lives? Meanwhile, God is making as the goal of our lives himself because it is he who has the power to give and to take away life. And I'm here teaching and explaining to you that, listen, the love of God is what will protect you. So your, your recognition, you see, the love of God is there in abundance. It is your recognition of it that will protect you. And that is why Paul prayed. What is it? Is, I think, is it Ephesians or? Yeah, I think it's Ephesians. Ephesians 1. Is it 1 or 3? 3, 18, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You see that? Let, let me read from verse 14. It says, for this cause, you see, Paul was saying, verse 30, he says, wherefore I desire, wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. You get it? I, wherefore I desire that you. He says, for this cause, for this reason, which is to follow, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. To do what? That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Number two, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And that ye be rooted and grounded in love. You see, rooted and grounded in love may be able. Can you can we read it in English? This English now is getting confusing. It says, and you may have the power to understand. As God's people should. Are you understanding my message now? You see, this is a prayer of Paulo. And the Lord showed me that this is actually, that thing that we don't talk about is actually that which will keep us. That which we don't think about is that which will sustain us. Because as expectations hold, as long as Satan is around, you don't have to do anything wrong for him to tempt you. Oh, yes. 
Oh, yes. That is his full-time work. So if you are wishing that he will not do it, then you are wishing him unemployment. You see, and may you have the power. It's a prayer that to have the power to understand as God's people should. In other words, it is not automatic. Oh, yes. If it was automatic, he wouldn't pray for it. And that is why as a pastor, before we have preached other revelations, we should come down to the revelation that will keep the people and that will keep us ourselves. He said that you should understand as God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. The height, the depth, the width. You see, this understanding would reject every suggestion, every suggestion of the enemy, no matter where it comes from. Oh, if God loves you, he would have given you this. Oh, no. In fact, I know he loves me, and that's why he has not given. He must love me enough to give me what to help me, not what to destroy me. Because Satan is always whispering, if he loves you, he will do this. If he loves you, you have this. If you are, so listen, he doesn't really love you. Just go and fight out for yourself. What does the next verse say? Verse 19. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The fullness of life and that comes from God, makes you able to defeat Satan whenever you engage him. I said, whenever you engage him. So we are looking at the prodigal son. I've almost finished preaching. But I want to give, I mean, we need to go a bit in detail so that we can see it when Satan comes. You see, it is the rebelliousness of the prodigal son that first of all started his exodus. And, and I must say that he didn't recognize how much he was loved. He didn't recognize that unless love, when it's present, unless you know it and unless you look for it, you may never find it. 
people regret years down the line when they get to know what love is and how much they had it in abundance and they rejected it. Oh yeah, people regret it. But just that it's hard for us to speak the truth. And you see, the result of your rebelliousness is you just go away from God. And Satan wants us to constantly go away from God and to forsake God. But you see, let me tell you something. Once you reject God's rulership, once you reject God's rulership, you have started a journey of self-destruction. You see, if I had rejected God's relationship, I may be on another journey thinking that oh, I'm okay, everything is fine. But I would discover that actually that journey was a self-destruction journey. Oh yes. Remember that there is what we can see and what we cannot see. That's why Paul would say that we are having difficulties, but we are still persisting because we are not persisting based on what we can see, which is temporal, but we are persisting based on what we cannot see, which is permanent. When, when you disengage God out of your life, and you start your personal journey without God. You have started a self-destructive journey. You see, we don't, we don't, I don't think the world as a whole, somebody sits down to think that all the things we have done from when we took God out of anything we, we were doing, what has become of it? You see, nobody would have imagined that the things we advocate for today by intelligent people could have occurred. But you see, God is like a barrier. And we are like a people on a hill. But the presence of God's barrier or the presence of God in our life acts as a barrier. So though gravity is operating against us, we don't fall. You see, when you remove God by removing his barriers with the mind that oh, I just want extra space, you get more than extra space. You get a free fall. Because, you see, th that's how it is. So we, we take away God. And now we want to run life ourselves. But before you realize, you are doing what dogs don't do. And you are not only doing it, but you are actually feeling that it's the right thing to do. 
And you are wondering, how did, how did we get here? By just removing God out of your life. I mean, some of the things that humanity does, you wonder, how do they think? You spend so much millions to create destructive weapons. And then you turn your back and you say, some people are starving. They must be supported. Meanwhile, you have the ability to take away starvation. You have the ability to take away starvation. But yet you will not do it. And you say we must say we must say that you are civil. What is civil about your behavior? When you can look right there, people hunger and have not what to eat. And you have in abundance, and every year you toss some into the sea. Look, when you sit down and you look at the life of humanity without God, you can only draw one conclusion. Humanity is lost and humanity is bent on destroying itself. Look, let you never, remember this, let you never come to a point of temptation where the suggestion to you is have nothing to do with God and yield to it. Look, it's a hundred times safer to be in a mess with God than to be in a mess without God. I said it is a thousand times safer to find your life a mess according to your assessment. Remember, I said, according to your assessment. And with God still in the mess, than to take away God. Because the mess without God, it has nobody to hold responsible. Do you understand it? The mess without God has nobody to hold responsible. The mess with God has God to be held responsible. You see, God's presence in the mess obligates him to, to restore and to sort out the mess. Think about it. Think about it. That you are in my life as God. And whether through my obedience or disobedience, my life is a mess. You still are my God. And if you live my life as a mess, it's a testimony of your incapabilities. Hallelujah. But to take away God out of your life. And that's what happens to people. You see, sometimes people's life are not going the way they want they wished it to go. But when you, you see, most of the time, most of the time, when you check carefully why your life didn't go the way it ought to go, 
It is not the people you are blaming. It is you. It is you. You see, you will discover that you spoke when you should have kept quiet. You quarreled when you should have held your peace. So it is actually you. But you see, Satan has a way of making you go away from your... You, that is his number one aim is to separate you from anything that will help you. I watch people that have been around in the church for years and they say we are going. If, if, in this season of my life, if you come and you tell me we are going, I'm going. I'll, I'll say to you, go well. Don't, don't, don't come and, at this time of my life, don't come and say to me, I'm going. Because the response you will get is, go well. I will not even ask you, why are you going? No. I will not ask you, why are you going? I'll just say, go well. That's all. And what it means is that all your years of commitment to me, you have freed me of any obligation when things begin to happen in your life. Because it's just a matter of time. Things will happen in your life. Oh yes, it's just a matter of time. Things will happen in your life. Oh yes. Oh yes. You see, when a place is not good, you could never have stayed there for long. When a place is not good, you could never have stayed there for long. There must be something that kept you for so long. So your question that the place is not good opens up that is it the place that has changed or is it you who has changed? You see, because you are the examiner, you say it is the place that has changed. But if you get a neutral examiner and we examine you, we will discover that in fact it is you who has changed. Oh yeah. That, that's a question. You see, a lot of people come to church for one, one visit, two visits, and they don't come again. And nobody asks them, why didn't you come again? Because they immediately, they could assess that this is not what I want. This is not a place I like. And that's it. But for you to be coming and to be coming and to stay year after year, year after year, then one day you wake up and you say, this is not good. Think again. Let's ask ourselves, is it the place that has changed? Or is it you who has changed? But you see, that question, Satan will never allow you to ask yourself. He will never allow you. He will, he will hide that paper from you. Yeah. Because you will discover that it is your love that has was cold. That is why the place is unpleasant for you anymore. 
It is the entry of certain things into your life that is making the place inconducive. I mean, it's not making the place conducive for you. So the question you should have asked yourself is that if the place is what I feel now, how come I've stayed here all this long? Okay, let's assume that maybe the place has changed. What exactly about the place that has changed? Has the message changed? Yeah. Are we preaching now that money is God? From when you joined the church till this moment that you have issues. We have said what we said from the beginning. That Jesus is the center of our lives. And that Jesus is everything. Are you understanding it? Now I'm showing you because you see as I preach the prodigal son, you may not see yourself, but I have a duty of bringing the issues of the prodigal son to your level so that you can see. Oh, yes. Because why would the prodigal son, listen, when he recognized the state of the servants in his father's house, Why didn't he recognize it when he was leaving? That in my father's house, the evidence of the love and the goodness that is in my father's house is that the servants are cared for. Because the servants, they didn't start caring for the servants after he left. Otherwise, he wouldn't have known. I don't know who I'm speaking with, but I believe I'm speaking to somebody. In Randberg, Oliven, wherever you are, I believe I'm speaking to somebody. This, this is not what I intended to say, but I feel the Lord is speaking to somebody that, listen, God loved. Think about it. Don't let the problems of your love, your life drown the evidence that God loves you. This morning I was listening to a man of God. He said, somebody says, I've lost everything. And he said, you are a liar. How can you say you have lost everything? Because if you have lost everything, you wouldn't be speaking. Because life is also part of everything. And in fact, life is everything. <laughs> I, was, I just laughed. I said, wow. You have not lost everything. You have lost some things. But not everything. And the only reason why you have not left, lost everything is because of God. Hallelujah. So I pray. I pray. Because look, look at the point. That the recognition. You see, the recognition. That servants. In the father's house. Have enough to eat and spare. It means that. It means that the father's house is a good house. Because normally servants are neglected. I said normally servants are neglected. So for servants to have enough and some to spare is an evidence that you did not see in the moment of your stupidity. 
in the moment of your temptation. You, you did not. It is something you have not thought of. Me, eh, one of the things I realized, which when I found in the scriptures, I said, this church is a good church, and this pastor is a good pastor, and that's our prophet, is the fact that he's is the, is the fact of the philosophy of the house which says that every member is a minister. In other words, everybody can do something for God and must do something for God. You know, you know, you know what it, how I understood it later. When Jesus said that anybody who will keep his life will lose it. But anybody who will lose his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel shall find it. Then I said, I am in a good place because a good place is where everybody is given and made to lose their life for the sake of finding it. Reason why it is good is because even if I'm not a nice person, because everybody is made to do it, at least I'll be made to do it. If I'm not even favored because of my face, do you get it? When everybody is made to do it, once I'm there, I'll be made to do it. Then I said, this is a good house. Because if you have children and you have a father, who only selects a few of the children to save their lives. Pray that such a person is not your father. Because how do you know that he will select you? Think about it. How do you know that you know me left out? When Jesse was asked to call his sons, I don't want Jesse to be my father. No, 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 no. I don't want Jesse to be my father. No. Because if I'm not in a favorable position, I'm at risk of being left out. I want a father who includes all his children, even those that are academically doing well and those that are not academically, those that are some way and those that are not some way. Say, you are all my children. You must all be saved. There, I'm secured. Because I don't know what tendencies I have that would have made me to be rejected by another father who is selective. So I like the father who is all-inclusive. That is when the Lord showed me that this man, this man that you have as my servant is a blessing for your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. But you see, the same person that will make everybody go the right way would have to fight those who want to go the wrong way. So if you are judging him by his force, his strength to make everybody do the right thing, you misjudge him. You misjudge him. Because he's not a father who will, because most children, if left on their own, they will go the wrong way. Nicely. If you like, leave your children. They will watch television. Now you now you'll be surprised. They will, 
Children, very few children naturally do their homework. Most children will not, they will hide their homework. They will hide it. I have, I have boys. The girls in my house, I didn't have to worry whether they would do their homework. They did their homework. But the boys, even when you ask them, they say, no, we don't have homework. So how much more you don't ask them? When you ask them, they say, no, we don't have homework. Because they want to go and play football. Because they want to watch television. Because they want to do PlayStation. So you see, a a good father will be strong to say, everybody, no television this season. When school is reopened, DSTV off, everybody off. You come, ah, that is mean. He's always saying, of course, he's mean because he doesn't want you to spoil your life. Hallelujah. So listen, I want you to see how God loves us. By insisting that if you dis- you can't do this, you can't live anyhow. And even the house where you are, and some of you, even the husband or the father or whoever you are, in all levels, love is manifested. A person who allows you to do as you wish is a weakling. No, no. A true lover would come out as almost like a dictator. A true lover will not allow you to spoil your life. He will handle you like your life is his life. You see, my pastors that were members years ago, the way I fought them from doing negative things, particularly in the area of their finances, Today, they are silently saying that we should have listened. Oh, yes. They are silently saying we should have listened. Because at that time, look, when you see me fighting them, it's as if it's my money. Say that they were happy when I was being transferred. It's like, ah, at long last, we will do what we like. Some of them, what they do is that they do what they want to do. But they also know that if they don't tell you, it will be a beast. So, they do it. They do it. And then when they come, they start talking to you as if they are now going to do it. And when you start advising them, they say, oh, but I signed it yesterday. I've not mentioned anybody's name. But listen, it's because of love. It's because of love. But it is Satan uses that strength to tell you that this is control. And demonizes control. But meanwhile, he is the most serious controller. there's anybody that does not give you a choice is Satan. Because God at least gives you a choice. It is Satan who leaves you with no choice. 
But meanwhile, he's the one who will tell you that God is a tyrant and doesn't give you a, a choice. But meanwhile, God is the one who gives you a choice. Because at the garden of Eden, where there's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, there was also the tree of life. And the instruction is, eat all the trees, but just don't touch this one. So why didn't you busy yourself with eating all the trees? Until you are finished, then you say, Lord, I finished all the trees. Do you still say I shouldn't eat this one? You have been asked to eat all the trees. Except one. And you want to start with the one that you're not supposed to eat. Why don't you start with all the ones you're supposed to eat? And you would have discovered that if you had followed that way, you would have eaten what would cause you to live forever. Because the tree of life was also there. And then your disobedience would have paid off. But maybe the tree of life would also have given you a certain knowledge that will make you see the evil in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And therefore, it will lose its power to tempt you. Listen, as I close, I want to encourage you and me Let us not move away from God. But rather, let us see how he loved us and still loves us and long to be with him daily. You know, look forward to God. You see the way the girl captured your heart? That you can't wait to close work to see her. You know, Today, by the grace of God, we are 28 years being a husband and a wife. And you know, I still remember those early years when I looked forward to seeing my wife. She was my beloved then. It's like, I can't wait for class to be over. When she says she will visit, I'll finish school early. I'll prepare, I'll clean the room. I'll cook. And then I'll be standing at the door, looking over the horizon to see her coming. You know, as I remember those days, I want to have the same feeling for God. You know, you know, I want to sleep waking up, looking forward to meet up with God. That I may talk to him and that he may talk to me and strengthen me so that my life will be filled with his spirit to live my life pleasing him and enjoying the blessing of knowing him. Don't reject God in your life. Don't. Don't. God can be loved. It's because
because you have not thought about him and analyzed what he has done and continue to do for you. That is why that feeling that you had for that man, for that woman, that made you long for the presence of the person is not there yet. But you see, like Paul prayed, it is also my prayer that you should understand as God's people should. What is the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of his love? That you will be rooted and grounded in him. Unshakable, unmovable by any circumstance. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wanted to talk to the Lord and thank him for a wonderful morning like this, for a wonderful afternoon. The Lord is gracious. He loves us. I don't know why Jesus loves men. Neither can I explain what would make God love a sinner like me. But yet he gave his life that I might be transitioned from being a sinner to a saint, that I may be transitioned from being sin to bear the righteousness of God. This love is so wonderful. This love is so amazing. I don't know why he loves me, but I'm glad he did. Lift up your voice and begin to thank him. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I don't know why. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you that, Lord, you loved us while we were sinners, O God. Why would you know you, Lord, you commended your love towards us? Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that reveal, give us the revelation, Lord. Give us the understanding of the word. That we understand your love, Lord. Jesus in the name of Jesus. Rabbi, Rabbi, Zoku, Rabbi, Zayi,
cause us not Lord to become like the prodigal son Lord who left the love who regretted later but Father cause us to remain in your love in the name of Jesus Mandro Zekirabaza Jesus Help us to see, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord. We pray, O oh God, that the Lord Lord. And you say, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Help us to believe these instructions, Lord, to walk in your instruction and in your word. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise. If as every head is bowed and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to surrender my life to you as my Lord and Savior. You want to be born again. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high if you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We don't know why he loves us. Let us pray. Let us pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. I pledge to love you. I pledge to love you. With all my heart. With all my soul and with all my strength, because you first loved me, I surrender to you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Because by your blood, I am forgiven of all my sins. I am cleansed of the guilt of my sin. And I'm free to appear before the presence of my God. Thank you for your love that caused you to hang on the tree and to remain on it until all the price for my sins were paid. Thank you for setting me free. I will walk with you and submit to you that your life will manifest through me to all mankind. Thank you for this privilege. Thank you for this opportunity. Amen. Father, we bless you. We give you praise. We thank you for this hour. And thank you for your truth that keeps us safe. That delivers us. Thank you for every revelation that has come forth. Let it be a seed that bears forth much fruit in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.